Welcome to Live on Purpose Radio with Dr. Paul Jenkins, where you will hear inspiring stories of ordinary people doing extraordinary things. Feed your mind with a regular dose of positive energy and show up for your life every day on purpose. Living on purpose means that you have a purpose and you do it intentionally. And now, here's your host, Dr. Paul. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Live on Purpose Radio. This is Dr. Paul, the shrink who expands your life. I've been doing this for a while, and my guest today showed up at Live On Purpose Radio over a decade ago. Now, when you look at his picture, you're going to think, oh, this guy's young. What does he know about anything? Folks, he knew a whole lot a decade ago, and I know from personal experience that he knows more now than he did (laughs) then. Is this true, Patrick? Hey, amen to that. Here he is, Patrick Donahoe. He is a finance expert. He is an author. He's an inspiring guy who's onto some things that I think make a whole lot of sense. And Patrick, way back when we had our first interview, things were different in the world. And we both got to experience some fairly dramatic lessons that have taught us what we know now. And this is how life rolls, isn't it? It does. It does. It's, that's, uh, that's how the world goes around. It's how people, uh, people learn. Yeah. And we were, we were, uh, there's some things going on behind the scenes that uh, we weren't necessarily privy, privy to in the economy and in markets. And, mm. you know, right, shortly after that interview, a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff happened that changed the world. Yes, which included some painful experiences I've shared with my listeners before, and it's this is in my book too, which interestingly enough came out after all of this, um, that I went through some very difficult financial circumstances because of some choices that I had made. You said we didn't know everything that was going on behind the scenes. There was a lot of hype about a decade ago and, and, you know, 12, 13 years ago um, about different strategies for making yourself financially free. And uh, through those experiences, here's something I've discovered, and then I'm going to be quiet and just let you kind of run with some stuff. I've discovered that there's a big difference between strategy and principle Principles are always true. They're always on. It's like gravity. You never get up and think, oh, what if gravity's on today? (laughs) Um, Strategies or techniques will change depending on the context, Mm -hmm. but they're all based on certain principles. And so without sharing the whole painful story of what happened, Mm -hmm. um, you and I both survived that and have moved forward from that to discover and maybe rediscover principles that have allowed us to be successful in our respective businesses. But Patrick, you also assist others, specifically in the area of finance, to make sure that they're honed in on certain principles. Mm-hmm. Can you just comment about that for a minute? I've, I've given you enough to <laughs> to go off of to at least get you fired up a little so yeah i mean i i the book i wrote um 
and released this past summer, you know, tells a, tells a pretty detailed story. I actually want to be more detailed, but it was edited, you know, edited out. Uh, mm-hmm. But they, you know, those lessons and those experiences really, you know, helped me in more ways than I can explain here. And what I would say in the end is it, it wasn't just my experience, but it was also, you know, an, an improved perspective regarding other people. And me and my team have, have met with, you know, thousands, thousands of people, you know, in all, all 50 states, actually some international, you know, international people as well. And we've, we've realized that there are some fundamental things that people are, are seeking, but there's some conflict to what they're doing. And this comes down to, as you, as you said, uh, principles, understanding what a principle is, and then also how it's, uh, how it's applied. But the, the, the subtitle of the book that I, that I wrote is, you know, a, a financial strategy to reignite the American dream. And I believe, you know, whether it's, it's uh, internationally or, or here in the United States, that, that that dream isn't, you know, owning a house or being uh, debt free. You know, that, that dream is really uh, the pursuit of, of things that bring happiness, fulfillment and, and joy. And so from a financial perspective, you're probably asking, okay, what does that have to do with your, your business? And that's where, you know, the, the fundamental thing that we try to, to teach people, right, is to a, a, achieve that, which isn't this one-time achievement. It's a, it's a, way, of, it's a way of life. And, and that's where, you know, our, our financial strategies come into play where we don't believe in necessarily retirement or a perfect investment or, you know, that real estate is good and the stock market is bad. Okay. We, we believe in, in financial education and really understanding and being and that understanding leads to being a good steward over, uh, over your money. Uh, but today, I think people are really, uh, in, in a sense, misguided in regards to uh, what, they're, what they're pursuing. And, uh, and I believe that you know, the retirement industry has, has really created a tremendous amount of you know, marketing and strategy to get people to this certain point in, in their life. Uh, which sounds which sounds great, but I believe is un, unprincipled. And so this is what I'll I'll say about that is you know the idea of retirement I believe comes from the feeling to be free or the feeling to uh, be independent, which I believe is uh, fundamental to the original you know American dream. American dream. Uh, but the idea in retirement it's in conflict because retirement by definition means not doing or to not be doing anything. And I believe that is fundamentally in conflict with what we're driven to do as, as people, as human beings. And that's where you know, our, our way of approaching financial strategy is to have essentially three, three, stools to, uh, three legs of a stool to support that, uh, which is uh, number one, uh, the pursuit of a meaningful profession or a career. Uh, and not, you know, slaving away at, uh, at a job for 20, 30 years and then stopping to produce after that. That's the first leg. The second is financial education. That financial education is essentially having a knowledge and understanding of what you're doing with your money as far as your investments are concerned. And then, and then third is, uh, is a financial foundation, which consists of, uh, you know, savings, getting out of debt, and some, ta- some tactics. So those we believe is if you have those those three legs, you will be uh, essentially in this you know what I consider financial uh, independence or financial freedom, which is not necessarily not having to work, but it's working and doing something that you love doing, uh, and doing it not because you uh, have to do it, but because you receive fulfillment and you you feel a sense of 
uh, a purpose around it. So that's really, I would say, the fundamentals of, of financial strategy, what the, what the book is about uh, and what I've discovered over the course of you know, a number, number of years and meeting with a lot of people is that these are these three elements that are missing from their financial life. And ultimately, typically through painful situation is when they discover it's missing. We develop a, a relationship. Can I call it that? A relationship with money. Um, even with our, our ideas about money, and there's a lot of emotion that's tied into it. Mm-hmm. As I heard you introduce this, these concepts, Patrick, I was hearing that uh, there needs to be purpose or meaning to life. Really, the American dream is not about having a pot full of money. Nope. It's about experiencing freedom and joy. And money has something to do with that. In fact, I think money touches everything in our life. That may be a weird way to put it, but it touches everything. So having an understanding, you're you're talking about these three legs, uh, that you get involved in some meaningful work. You're contributing in a way that fulfills your purpose. I think you said the second was a financial education understanding how all of that works. And then third was a financial foundation, which is, I guess, the implementation of the strategies Mm -hmm. to create the support for this life of freedom and joy. Mm -hmm. And I believe that 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 last piece that you said is supported. Again, it's supported by that, where I believe people have to be producing. And and absolutely, I think money is tied to to everything because in the end, you know, I would say a a perfect or utopian type of definition of life, right, is doing things that you want to do, spending your time doing the things that you want to do with the people who you love. And, and, and I would say that is kind of, I would, you know, part of a meaningful life. Uh, At the same time, I believe that the missing piece is really taking who you are, what you know, and contributing that to to the world, and not you know necessarily hiding it, and uh, and I believe this is where you know again that that fundamental disconnect is, which is people are striving to a point where they don't have to do that anymore, and I believe that's not uh, that's not natural. It does not align with who we are and what we're driven to do as human beings. So the idea is to essentially build your career, build your you know build your skill set, build what we call your human life uh, value assets, and whether it's uh, marketing or whether it's uh, teaching, speaking, writing, uh, management, leadership. I mean, the, the list goes on, but figuring out a way to work, you know, in a business that you find joint fulfillment in, or as a contractor or as a freelancer, because I, I believe that these, our society and our economy are gravitating toward, you know, basically a different type of, uh, of workforce and labor force where there is work from home opportunities, there's uh, leave of absence, there's part-time, there's contract, there's freelance, where you can essentially be doing something forever, right, that you love to do, but also be able to mix in those events, those, uh, you know, times with your family, times with time with your kids, you know, time with the people that you love right now, as opposed to when you're 60, 65. And at that time, those memories, those opportunities, uh, there may be some of them, but not like they are today. And so that's our, that's really what we, you know, do as a, as a company is, you know, analyze a person's financial life and show them how to, to get there, maybe five years, 10 years, 15 years. But at the same time, you know, as opposed to this, you know, what I would say mythical end result of 
not having to work for the rest of your life. Uh, it's, um, it's the alternative I believe people are seeking. You're talking about an idea that, that is a little bit at odds with traditional thinking, mm-hmm. which personally, Patrick, I'm fine with that because some of the traditions that we buy into get us into some trouble. Yeah. And this idea of retirement, you know, even the word itself suggests that you're taking something out of service. Mm-hmm. Um, that it stops working. Well, what do you do with something that stops working? You throw it away, mm-hmm. right? I mean, there's some problems with our thinking about that. So you're suggesting that maybe there's ways to remain productive and engaged in meaningful service um, and and to incorporate that into our ideas of what it means. Yeah. No, and they're to- and I would say that the opportunities today, and this this in large part came from 2008, 2009, 2010, where there were significant layoffs, there were down, there were downsizing, uh, and I also would couple that environment with you know this new labor force of the younger generation and their demands as far as what the workplace should be uh, and what they you know are willing to exchange their uh, talents and abilities. Uh, uh, for as far as employment is concerned. So mm-hmm. that's what I mean is that, it, you know, you can, we have clients that, you know, had this intention of, of, of working for 30 years and, and doing something they didn't necessarily like to do. Okay. But because of that, you know, carrot in the future, we're willing to put up with it and sacrifice their time now for better time in the future are, you know, put in a position where they can do freelance work right away at 45, right? at 40, at 50, right? Where you're able to mix in really the, the opportunities to take advantage of life, but also continue to receive income uh, and uh, work as a contractor or freelancer, or work part-time. I mean, that, that's, a, that's ultimately, you know, possible for more people than, uh, than I think realized. Which sounds a whole lot better if it's something that you love and find some personal meaning in doing. Patrick, you've you've set us up well for what I think is going to follow as a really cool discussion. Folks, this is Patrick Donahoe today at Live On Purpose Radio. We'll be right back. Thank you for listening to Live On Purpose Radio. We're so glad to have you here. Please come by the website, drpauljenkins.com, spelled with a D-R, drpauljenkins.com. On the website, you'll have an opportunity to receive a free download. And while you're there, make sure you click on the social media icons. Come over to Facebook, where we will be posting these episodes as well as our YouTube videos and other content and announcements for you to share. Please like us, comment, subscribe, join the conversation. We're happy to have you with us here at Live On Purpose Radio. Let's all support each other to live on purpose. DrPaulJenkins.com And we're back. Patrick Donahoe at Live On Purpose Radio for the second time. In a decade. (laughs) Actually, it's been just over a decade, which is weird. But you know what? It it gives perspective, doesn't it? Yeah. I'm curious to go back and listen to the the interview now. I am too. I'm wondering what we've learned in that time. Here's what I would predict, Patrick. The principles haven't changed. 
Nope. Techniques and strategies will change from time to time depending on the context, but it always has to be based on principle. And I think in, in the first half of our show today, you gave us a really good high-altitude view of, of some of the basic principles. I've been thinking as this conversation has developed that there's always been, and I think there continues to be today, some anxiety, fear, apprehension that exists in people's minds and hearts around the issue of money. And maybe a scarcity mentality that that the fear is, oh, I don't think I'll have enough for my needs. Common fear. I'm wondering what your financial mind is doing with that fear, with that Mm -hmm. idea. How do you conceptualize that? And, And I would say, I mean, think about it. But where the situation of 2009, 2010, I would say there's some similarities between your situation and mine. And I mean, there were all sorts of fears that were confronted, you know, head on. And it's, uh, it's oh, loss, yeah. it's uncertainty, it's, you know, associated with being a, 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 the head of your family, the, the patriarch of the family that's suddenly failing his family. You know, there, there's, I would say the, fe- the fears are, le- are legitimate fears, but at the same time, I don't know if they're uh, really uh, analyzed as close as they, as they could be. Uh, and that's where, you know, as far as understanding fear, it's just continuing to ask the question why, right? And then, you know, figuring out ways in which you can, you know, establish your, your financial life so you mitigate that fear. Uh, and that's where it comes down to, I would say, some tactical things that you can do, but also some qualitative things that you can, that you can do. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, doing that, having a tactic or a strategy before you actually confront it isn't, I don't, I'm not sure if it's uh, in the right sequence. And so I would say first, it's, you know, really understanding what's, what's the fear. And I believe the fear is, you know, not enough to pay for your needs as you, as you stated. Uh, so you, this is where you go to Maslow, right? And his hierarchy of, of needs where you have physiological, you have safety, uh, then you have relationships. I would say it's those first two levels that you want to really figure out. Uh, and for some, it might be paying off debt. It, for others, it might be having a certain amount of savings in, in the bank. I mean, there's some things that you should be doing as far as your financial foundation is concerned that mitigates that fear. And I believe that once that's, uh, once that's complete, those physiological, those basic levels, that's where you get down to understanding you know, who you are as an individual and why you're paid. And this, I think, is profound. Because most people look at you know, the paycheck that they get, but they don't make the connection between they did something for that paycheck. They created some element of value, and it's because of what they know and who they are. And that's if yes. you can really understand that connection. Now it comes down to okay, how do you make more money? Well, it's becoming more valuable. How do you become more valuable? That's where it gets into you know I would say a dynamic conversation depending on the individual. But the fundamentally, it's you know the the the, the drive and the attitude you have about what you do. If it's a bad attitude, then, you know, it doesn't matter how much education you get or training, right? It, if you don't like what you do, then that, that's a, I would say that's a, the biggest cause uh, for concern. But let's say that you do, let's say that you do find something that you, you know, like doing. Now it's about the environment in which you do it. Is that environment conducive to your uh, principles and values? If it's not, well, now it's time to change the environment. Okay. Because if you really look at work and exchanging your time for money with an employer, okay, 
the environment is vital because I believe it impacts uh, the rest of the rest of your relationships. It affects uh, you know your mental state of being more than people realize. And so it's the environment finding an environment, a company. Uh, or as a freelancer or, or a self-employed person, an environment that is conducive with your principles and your values where you are remunerated for the efforts you put out, but also it's where you're, you know, there's a level of appreciation or a level uh, of, you know, I would say whether it's leader, leadership or management or the purpose of the company, right? That is, that is an alignment and in harmony. And I think people can do a litmus test very easily and determine that. So that's where I would say starting there. And then it's figuring out, okay, how do you get more training? How do you, you know, improve the value you can provide to your employer? Uh, then maybe it's a, a contract position. I think for most positions these days, uh, most employment, there are contract positions everywhere and companies actually in a sense kind of prefer contract work or freelance work and uh, and there's an abundance of it so that I believe that there are you know some things people can do to take advantage of the skills and the attributes that they have that have provided value to an employer and actually do it on terms that they better control as opposed to the terms controlled or dictated by an employer so that's I, I don't know I, I kind of went all over the place there but I would say those are kind of those fundamental things that would mitigate the anxiety and the fear that people uh, typically have when it comes to uh, their money. I, I love the way that you took this back to a very fundamental starting place. And that is you. It's, it's you. It's the human life value that resides inside of your own skin that will answer this question. And I can say something else about fear too, especially as a professional psychologist. <laughs> The number one belief that sustains fear is the belief that you can't handle something. And our mind is constantly asking this what if question, you know, like, well, what if I don't have enough money to pay for my stuff? And Patrick, you've got some strategic ways that people can establish more money in their life. That's based on principle, not luck or magic. But go back to the basic fear. And when your mind asks that what if question, you got to answer it. Because if you don't answer it, your subconscious mind is going to come up with an answer that does not serve you well. And it's going to sound something like, oh my gosh, I can't handle that. <laughs> you know, the one thing, you know, going back to 2009-ish, which is really when things started to unravel, mm -hmm. probably 2000, you know, early 2010, you know, so one of those fundamental things that that helped me get through the the challenges and helped me to confront my fears was my was my wife. Uh, the first thing was she left for a period of time because I was I wasn't transparent with some of the things that uh, we were doing as far as investment is concerned, and she had a big issue with that. Uh, but but the second part was where you know she grew up in Mexico with nothing. You know, they they didn't have food half the time. Never had her own room. Um, you know, they didn't really have, they had group birthday parties. It was like kind of the great depression, but for her entire life. And, it, and so the experiences that she had there really helped to, you know, ground me uh, to what other people deal with. And I think that type of, you know, sympathy or empathy uh, really helped and put things into perspective where I believe that, you know, most people are afraid to, you know, live a specific lifestyle. They don't have enough money for this or that or the other. But really, when it when it comes down to it, 
you know, and this is just for me, I'm, I, I'm not sure if this is for everybody, but the most important thing for me now is my family and my children and the experiences I have with them. And if they're good, that's my foundation and everything rests there. And so as far as our finances are concerned, we make decisions, right, with that as our focal point. And, and that, that helps with everything. That's one of those are one of the, that's the strongest value I, I have in my, in my life is the relationship I have with my family. And, and, you know, from a, uh, there's a spiritual element to that as well. And, it, and there, you know, after that, I know that, you know, we could go live in, you know, the basement of a, of a duplex we have and, it, and, and be fine because we have each other. And we were, and we were at that point, like we were going to go live in an apartment right? We, we were okay with some of those, some of those things, as long as that, you know, that foundational uh, part of our life was intact. That's all that really mattered to us uh, at that, at that point. And I think confronting those fears was really healthy and cleansing for me uh, because I was, oh, I, had, yeah. I had attachment to living in this house or living um, with this car or living with this thing, right? Something that really did not have any meaning other than what I created in my mind. The meaning for me was my family. And that was all that was important in the end of, at the end of the day. Answering that question, you know, the what if question, it can be terrifying. In fact, that's why we avoid it. I think psychologically it's important to, to recognize that you can't fully avoid that question at least at a subconscious level. I agree. So confronting that fear, this is very fundamental, Patrick. I'm so glad that you brought this up because there are strategies. There are techniques for any financial circumstance. Would you agree? 100%. Awesome. So have have the confidence and be assured that there are strategies and techniques that you can apply regardless of where you are in your finances. It starts with the real estate between your ears. Yet you confront those fears because here's the truth, folks. You can handle it. Patrick, did you learn this a decade ago? Yeah. That you can handle it? Yeah. I've also learned through a lot of people that it doesn't matter how much money you have, you can have you know, no. some people with millions and millions of dollars paralyzed by fear. Well, they had no need to be paralyzed by it. They didn't have to invest a dime, but yet it's, I would yes. say it's ingrained. And this is where I went to, you know, in the beginning of the, of the interview, we've had some financial ideas ingrained in our mind of how things should be. Uh, right. but the topic we've been talking about that all that's most important is your experience in life, your most close relationships, uh, your closest relationships. And, and that comes down to, as you said, it's the training of what's in between your ears. Right. And that determines all of the outcomes. I, I learned that personally, Patrick, at about the same time as I went through those financial challenges of my own and all of my what if questions were right in my face. And I learned, you know what? I can handle it. And there's always another step. Having that kind of hope energizes your mind to do the productive tasks that are necessary to actually put the money into your account. Mm -hmm. And I think money is a strategic side effect of getting the mind straight. You've written a book called Heads I Win, Tails You Lose. 
<laughs> which means I win no matter what. Yep. Right? This is the book that you just released last summer that you referred to earlier. How can people get in touch with that or with you? So the the website is probably the best uh, the best place. So it's uh, headsortailsiwin.com. And it, there, there's a link to the uh, audiobook uh, that, I, that I recorded. Also, the uh, the book on Amazon. We also have a copy of the uh, ebook that you can just take a crack. You know, just just peek at and see if it uh, is something that you want to uh, purchase and continue reading. Uh, so that's that's the best place. Plus, social media and all the other you know the, the companies and services that I'm involved with uh, are linked uh, at that website too. Mm-hmm. So it's headsortailsiwin.com. Heads or tails, I win. <laughs> Dot com. I've got a link for that in the description, folks. So just go down and click on that if you'd like to. Patrick, thank you so much for bringing a, a fresh perspective today to Live On Purpose Radio. It's been my, my pleasure, Dr. Paul. Thank you. Everybody, you've heard it. You know what you need to do now. It's time to go live on purpose. Purpose.